Welcome to the Miners, week 12.2, where we are talking about uh, Habakkuk for the second week of six. Uh, today, Aaron and I are joined by firefighter Jeremy Denton. No, hot shot firefighter. Hot shot firefighter. Uh, <laughs> um, Jeremy Denton, I live almost across the street. I We've look down on the church. actually joked about putting a zip line from your house to the yes, church. Yes, a zip line would be awesome. What got you into firefighting? I've always wanted to be a firefighter. Yeah. I know that's weird, but <laughs> my dad's a retired firefighter. My brother's a uh, current firefighter. Chaplain. Chaplain. My uh, grandfather, who I never met, he died before I was born, but he was a firefighter, so it's in the blood. Hmm. I always saw it as my dad could do stuff with me growing up because of his schedule. So he'd be around when other dads weren't. Mm. And what's funny is my brother always saw it as my dad missed the days because he was working. So he remembered <laughs> the days that my dad missed, and I remember the days that my dad made. Nice. Mm. So um, I don't know. It's a whole just, different perspective how you yeah, look at it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. I always thought of it as like a great family career. We could go do stuff, and, and you help people and play with fire. And that's always fun. <laughs> So what's the uh, what's the aspect or what's the ratio between like fire calls versus people laying on the street and uh, we're probably about like eighty five percent medicals and unless it's both and you have fire and uh, you know like the guy with the skunk true true <laughs> well there's a good story <laughs> uh, so there is this uh, column urban outdoorsman who um, yeah, <laughs> <Got it>. yeah. <laughs> uh, he decided he wanted a cook a skunk on a barbecue in this high dollar area in Santa Barbara this park that has you know the preset little barbecues in. but it was roadkill first right he found it so he found it in the street the day before and decided he wanted to cook it and of course it's made the whole area smell like skunk yes. and uh, it was just right on the fire with hair and all like hair just singing just threw it on there just threw it on there and he's like it's my skunk I'm going to eat it. I'm like, you don't want to eat it, <laughs> but it's my skunk. I found it. I'm all, you don't want to eat that. <laughs> like a week or two after I saw that guy, I saw the police officer that was there, and he's like, hey, we're looking for the skunk guy. I'm all, why are you looking for the skunk guy? We want to see if he has rabies. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> the, the hospital wants to know. I'm like, uh, I haven't seen him, but I'll let you know. So today we actually hit the first full chapter of Habakkuk and what you see is that Habakkuk is complaining about what's going on in his country and he says, God, are you going to do something about it? And God says, yes, but you're not going to believe it if I tell you. And then he tells Habakkuk and Habakkuk doesn't believe it. And then Habakkuk complains again. And really the whole thing in this first chapter is coming to the place of we don't understand all that God is doing, all the inner workings from what's going to take place in the end. Because after Habakkuk is done, eventually the Babylonians do come through, and they do take out all the people in Judah. But there are some beautiful things that happen on the back end of that. Like, how can God bring anything good out of this? Well, eventually, all of those people that get dispersed, some come back and rebuild Jerusalem in 70 years later. But many of the other ones, they start to build synagogues in all these places they're dispersed. And in those synagogues, there's a lot of Greek people who start to hear the message of the Old Testament scriptures and they believe. And it is those Greek 
people who are called God-fearers who, when the gospel goes out after Jesus dies and rises, are the first ones to really latch on and trust the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's how the gospel spreads. And without any of this taking place, those other things wouldn't have happened. So it's really about God's grace and mercy when he brings judgment, but also what he'll bring on the back end, which is the ultimate good. Just like when Jesus dies. You know, when Jesus dies, the disciples are like, why is the government doing this? We can't believe the things are taking place. And yet it was for our ultimate good that God allowed Jesus to die in our place of his own choice and volition to rescue and save us from our sins. So what things do you have questions about in your life today that you wish you could fast forward a few years or a period of time to find out how it all plays out? I think of things like element, like where where will we be in 10, 20, 30 years? Will, will we be here anymore? You know, does the government come and take out churches at that point? You know, what, where, where are we? What do we do? And who will we be? And what, what is the legacy of who we are from the people who come from the military and leave this place and go to other places? What do they take with them? What do they... I, I always wonder sometimes, do, are we, do we spin our wheels too much? Do we focus on the wrong things? And what should be the things that we do focus on? Well, I mean, would you ever imagine that you would have ended up here when you bought, no. we bought the property next to the old one? And no. it's like... I would never imagine we bought property. I mean, I took a picture of the shovel in the dirt, and yes, we're doing this. And the next thing you know, wait, what? But think about being close to Vandenberg, how cool it is mm-hmm. to have so many people from Vandenberg come here, and then they go somewhere else. I mean, it's... And, and apparently the difference in the kids' lives at the school that we make. Yeah. And I think the staff. Like, I, I, I met with the new principal this week, and he's just telling me about how there are people who have told him since he's been here for like two weeks like you wouldn't expect a church like to embrace us and and or me and my life and they they genuinely care and it's it's this really cool yeah. like he comes over and he's like wow you guys are thank you already like you guys are doing some cool stuff and and the response is a hundred percent positive from from the staff yeah and and we never have done that if he didn't move here that's no. perfect yeah yeah so this leads into the next question. How has God been faithful in your life? And, and I think that is one where hindsight's twenty twenty. We can look back and we, we had dreams to build a building and, and on this dirt lot. And God mm-hmm. kept the door cracked, right? <laughs> of life, and then brought this place. And, yeah. and it was like, yeah, God's more faithful than, than we could have even imagined in this. And now we're here debt free. And it's, it just is, is great. What other areas, church and, and in your own personal lives, have you seen God's faithfulness? I, I look back at some of the hard things Marion and I went through and how it actually informs who we are today. You hate the hard times when you're going through them. And yet, once you get past them, you look back and think, look at all those things that happened. And again, you wouldn't want to change. I, I, I pray I don't have to go through it again. But you, you wouldn't want to change it because it has made you who we are. It, ha- it has makes you, made you stronger than, you ever, than you've ever seen. Well, like I, I think of when I met Julie was like the perfect timing. Mm-hmm. We grew up a couple miles away from each other, even in the San Fernando Valley. She moved to Agora before I did. I moved to Agora later. We knew all the same people. We would have gone to the same high school. We played for the same soccer club, ran mm-hmm. for the same track, and just never met. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't time. And then for me to be down when I was a hot shot, broke as could be, 
decided to hot meet up. Hotshot doesn't mean he's like a hotshot. Hotshot is a firefighter. Yeah. <laughs> a oh, seasonal firefighter, shot. and it was off-season. I've, so. seen, I've seen the calendar. So, <laughs> so I was like not making any money. I would go down you know, during Christmas time to meet my high school friends, and we just happened to see her with her best friend at the time that I went to middle school with. Mm-hmm. And it was just perfect timing. Is it okay to talk about this? So, so Maggie has some health issues. Yeah. And have you, have you ever seen, like, maybe any good come out of those things? Like, it's just like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe this is going on. And yet, because I got to say, her joy is infectious. Oh, extremely. And there's yeah. so many people that I think she brings joy to in the midst of having, you know, the these these various health things that go on and the learning stuff. And, and yet, the people she comes into contact with, she brings this joy to. It made her more of a fighter. Mm. Because she knew, she wouldn't know it was happening. She'd know afterwards. Mm. And then she'd try to make up for lost time. Mm. And then she knew she was different. So she kind of went on this next level of like, I don't know if that's where she got her like comedy from or what. <laughs> but she's hilarious. I mean, she cracks mm. me up all the time. It's helped me on calls with kids that are having a seizure and parents that don't know what's going on. I mean, I, I could definitely see that angle. So so even that, that hardship with her has helped you to be better at your job of saving yeah. people. Yeah, totally. We so often want to get so angry at him, at God, for not doing what we want him to do. And yet you get past and you look back and you see how he is working out his will every step of the way. So the next question is, what things are you still waiting to see God do and what his will is is that is that an ongoing thing for you guys um well i with that question i instantly think of my kids like where are they gonna go what are they gonna do are they gonna go out in the world are they gonna stay close we always talk about getting a career instead of a job what you know are they gonna settle down maggie always says i'm living with you guys forever and i'm never getting married So, I, I mean, I, it instantly goes to my kids, like, oh, I wish I could see how they turn out. And I, I always go back to this, you know, to Element in, in that. I, you know, what, what's, I'm still waiting to see what the fruition looks like. I mean, not that we ever reach the end of the journey because it's kind of the, oh, you know, well, where's the destination? Well, the destination's never here. This is just always a journey. And I think that's life with God. It's, it's that journey. It's not, a, it's not a place we arrive, I mean, other than we have a relationship with him. The disciples, when they're, when they're walking with Jesus, and they, have, they don't understand anything he's doing because he's doing it differently than everybody else does. And they're always questioning, what's up with that? And then when he dies, same thing. It's, why is this happening? I thought that he was pleasing God. If he was the Messiah, why would God let him die? And you know, it's just, And then after the resurrection, it's like, Oh, and that's our entire life. Our entire life is after the fact. Oh, oh. <laughs> it should be, okay, God, this does suck, but what's going to be good out of it? Or mm-hmm. how can we enter this and make it better? You know, you have to look at it with that positive angle of, the cosmic, okay, maybe maybe the, I'm here because you want me to help. Or maybe this happened because something that I have no idea is going to get better. Mm-hmm. I think that's like. That should be, like, as a Christian, that should be how you look at it instead of, like... There's a constant hope. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you have that hope yeah. of something coming out of it. Yeah. For Israel, that had to be tough because, you know, the Babylonians come in, they're in captivity for, 
70 years plus. And, but also, when they're in captivity, God says some amazing things, too. He's like, plant gardens, invest in the city you're in, be part of that, you know, take my name there. You may not like being there, but I have you there for a reason. And it's it's really get your eyes off yourselves so much. That's what led to their downfall is they became very self-centered mm-hmm. again. And God's just always like, look at me. Like, hey. I think that's really all of our lives, getting to a place where we're like, okay, I can trust you even when I don't know what I'm doing. Or even when I think I know what I'm doing, there has to always be that thing in the back of my head of, if it doesn't go the way I'm thinking, if it doesn't work out like this, I have to trust that he knows better than I do what and why in the midst of it. And the the timetable always cracks me up because I'm guilty just like everybody else's is like, God, can you please fix this now? Tomorrow. <laughs> like when I wake up, can it all be done? Come on. And it's like, oh, you want me to pray for like 10 years and mm-hmm. that, that might happen and I'll never know. Okay. <laughs> God, give me patience now. Yeah. <laughs> so, can you explain the unconditionally faithful wrestling? The, why sermons out of that? Well, I. The, the reason it's titled that is because that's what Jesus does for us, that's really what Habakkuk does. And. This this is like in the most harsh moments of life. We were, I mean, we were talking with a lady yesterday who who spoke about um, her husband had a daughter that died, and those are the times when you sit and you wrestle with God. How can good come out of this? Why why do you allow this? But if in the middle of it you're you're still trusting God for His goodness, even though you're crying out in the pain, that is unconditionally faithful wrestling you're wrestling with god and what he's doing and you know god is faithful but you just sit in the middle of it going i don't know why and ultimately that that's worship right is yeah. respond to who god is despite the circumstances despite what we're going through but giving him the glory yeah. and being honest with who we are and what we're, we're dealing with so with that we'll leave you there no matter what happens and comes into your life we hope that you are faithful as you wrestle through those circumstances in, in the ways you, are, you turn to God and you plead with him uh, and you, you take the matter to him oftentimes. I don't think we, we do that enough. Because yeah, that's um, the thing, because he doesn't say, I'm done with you. He goes to God because there's no other place he, he knows he can go. And God, God's faithful mm-hmm. in it. It may not be our timetable. It may not be the way we think about it. We may it. not ever understand. Yeah. Yeah. Or see the other side of, of the issue. But he is faithful and he is good and he's worthy of all of our worship. Mm-hmm. So with that, we'll see you next week. During this sermon, I was thinking it was like God's hold my beer moment. Like, oh my gosh, this is so bad, so horrible. God, why are you doing this? He's like, hold my beer. I got something else coming for you. You think this is bad? Just wait, buddy. Yeah, more is coming.